Welcome everyone to the second episode of the Rundown Podcast. Today I have a special guest here, Mr. Charlie Tilson. Tilson was a center fielder for the Chicago White Sox for being drafted out of Nutria High School by the St. Louis Cardinals. So again, thank you very much for being on here and taking your time to do this. Really appreciate it. Um, my first question for you today is, how did baseball catch your interest? Um, did you have any family history? And when did you realize pro, pro ball was a possibility being drafted out of high school? Um, uh, well, first of all, Blake, thank you for having me on. Um, of and, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, uh, one I enjoy reflecting on, I actually, I first got into baseball cause my older brother was, um, a huge fan and, uh, loved playing. And I was fortunate that he, uh, you know, included me on, on everything, even though I was four or five years younger, um, I think like when I think back to some of my earliest memories, um, it was wiffle ball, you know, and and we were really inspired by Ken Griffey Jr. Um, oh, you know, like I, I grew up, I was 10, 11, 12, like in 98 through 2001 and, uh, or, or maybe a little bit after that, but it was it was a great era of baseball. You know, we were watching Sammy Sosa at Wrigley Field. Um, the White Sox were exciting. Uh, Paul Canerco was kind of coming up. Maglio Ardonias, um, Carlos Lee was one of our favorites. But I, I definitely have a memory of doing a uh, clinic at Wrigley Field um, and, and meeting Mark Grace. That's and, really cool, actually. Yeah, those those moments, you know, like I was a Sox fan predominantly, but even watching the Cubs win the wild card in 98, I think I was just fortunate. You know, I had a brother that really included me on everything and introduced me to the game. And um, it was a great time to be a fan in Chicago. And um, yeah, that was that was my introduction. And, and I was hooked. And uh, as far as becoming a pro, it was always my dream, you know, like right. there was nothing, um, you know, outside of playing in the NBA, you know, during the winter, <laughs> I love basketball, but baseball was number one. And, and it was always my dream. I didn't really realize it would be obtainable until much, uh, much later on, but, um, you know, very fortunate to have had the opportunity. So obviously it was cool to have your brother um, include you on everything. And then you were drafted second round, um, out of the Cardinals organization, right? Um, right? How was the process being drafted out of high school? And if you could just like expand on that, like how did it work for you? You know, it was very exciting, um, you know, obviously to have the opportunity to join a major league organization right out of high school. Right. It was, it was really exciting. You know, I, I, you know, felt so fortunate to be able to like get into my career right away and, and be playing against the best players um, with the best coaches. And and I think, you know, I was really fortunate to be with the Cardinals, uh, which is a great organization. Um, you know, I, I had a lot to learn though. That's for sure. You know, it's a big Especially transition. Coming out of high school at a young age too. For sure. Yeah, you're exactly right. You go from playing, you know, 30, 35 games in the spring um and you know maybe another 30 40 in the summer uh to play in 140 and 
traveling on buses and really very few days off in between. Now I think they do like a day off a week, but when I was coming up, you know, we'd have 20, 25 game stretches without a day off. So physically, you know, that was an adjustment. I had to learn, you know, how to take care of myself. I had to get in the weight room. Um, and the level of play was tough too. I think, uh, you know, the game just moved a lot faster. Um, guys obviously throwing harder, but, but also, you know, offensively players were a lot better and I had to, to learn how to do some fundamental things, um, you know, and, and just understand situations in the game much, much better and much process it all much quicker. And, um, you know, one person I really think back on uh, who helped me tremendously early in my career is Mike Schilt, um, former okay. Cardinals yes. manager. He was my rookie ball coach uh, my first year. And, uh, you know, he just, he didn't, he didn't let anything slip through the cracks. <laughs> nice. Uh, at the time I was like, man, this guy is all over me. You know, he's like on me about every little thing, but I was very grateful for it because I needed it and uh, just helped me progress quicker to the point where by the time I got to double A, triple A, you know, I was known as, as someone who knew how to play the game and, and take advantage of opportunities, whether it was base running or knowing when to bunt um, defensively, knowing, knowing where to throw the ball, things like that. So that, that helped a lot. Yes. Yeah, so and if you could just like expand on like what the process was for the draft, did you have to, how did coming out of high school, did you have to like enter anything or like register yourself? And how did you get recognized by the major league clubs? <clears throat> um, you know, I was invited by a White Sox scout. Um, so it was kind of full circle getting traded back there. But right. uh, his name is Dan Durst. And he invited me to try out for the area code team, um, which like, you know, only like five or six guys from Illinois end up making the team wow. that the team encompasses all the Midwest. And then you, you know, ultimately I made it and uh, my, my Midwest team traveled out to California to play, you know, five other teams from other regions. And, um, you know, I was, I was not much of a draft prospect at all at that point. I was a junior. Uh, it was summer going into my senior year. Um, I was committed to Illinois, but, you know, didn't hear from SEC schools or anything like that. And um, on the flight out, I sat next to him and he gave me some great advice. He said, uh, you know, there's going to be hundreds of scouts in the stands and, you know, they're just really concerned about seeing your tools. So, you know, whether you feel like a pitcher's too quick to the plate and you might get thrown out stealing he's like, you got to go, you got to show him that, that you can run. So if you get on first, I want you to steal on the first pitch. And then when you get to second, I want you to steal on the second pitch. And I, you know, like it was never really <clears throat> my style of play. I always kind of like to, you know, let the game come to me a little bit. I like to be kind of certain of opportunities, but he really believed in me and that was why he put me on the team. And, and, you know, that was why he told me, you know, to, to show the scouts what I could do. And uh, sure enough, my, my first set bat, I got a hit and I stole second on the first pitch and I stole third on the second pitch. And like, 
got to the dugout and scored and all my teammates were like, wow, man, you know, you can really run. And it just gave me this confidence, man, that it changed my career. I, I ended up hitting a home run later in that mm -hmm. uh, tournament. And, you know, kind of overnight, I went from not really being on the radar to to really being on the radar. And, and I give a lot of credit to Dan Durst. He, you know, gave me a great message right when I needed it. And, um, you know, I, I spent my senior year meeting with a lot of scouts. Um, you know, they would come over to my house and uh, it's kind of like a job interview. You know, they're trying to really get an idea of if you're someone who, who will be able to survive the minor league grind from 18 till, you know, 22, 23, when, when usually guys um, are able to break into the minor leagues or the major leagues. And um, it was, it was intense, uh, but also very exciting. Um, didn't, I wouldn't say I had like an incredible senior year, um, but still got the opportunity to get drafted and, uh, you know, was not going to turn it down. I, I was really excited to start my career. And I'm actually going to touch on your base hit a little bit later, uh, your first MLB single. But in 2016, you were traded for relief pitcher Zach Duke to go to the White Sox officially. Um, how much did that matter to you? Do you pay attention who you're traded for? Do you think about it? And did you even know who he was at the time? And how does that make you feel in terms of your value? I was, I was first and foremost just so excited to – be going to Chicago because you know that was the team that I grew up rooting for like watching Scott Pitsednik um, really was like one of the players that like solidified you know me with my tool set and watching him be able to have such an impact like he he inspired me and made me believe I could play in the major leagues and um, you know to be traded to that organization it meant a ton to me um, and obviously getting a chance to play in the big leagues. Um, but yeah, I think like thinking about Zach Duke, um, anytime you're traded for a big league player, especially, you know, someone like him who had had a lot of success um, right. in his role as, as like a left-handed shutdown guy. Um, you know, I know that's valuable. And for me, it, it you know, sort of an honor you know when you're traded for a big right. leaguer because because that you know means the organization that you're going to you know sees you as as being able to fill fill that type of uh shoes so those type of shoes so um it was yeah it was it was a big honor and then after being traded to the white Sox, that's when you had your first um mlb at bat i believe right um with a single off of Anibal Sanchez, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. That's and then right. Um, you later, you hit your first MLB home run, Grand Slam off of Josh James. And I'm just curious, how did that, um, how did those moments compare to you? Um, I think... Uh, that's a great question. Um, the difference is, uh, you know, my first hit was sort of like surreal in the fact like, you know, um, 
just getting hit and reaching base in the major leagues. Um, it's just such a milestone that I had been chasing um, since the time I was a little kid, like I was saying. Um, and just sort of all the lead up for me, you know, going into that day, um, imagining what it was going to be like my whole career, digging into the box in the big leagues for the first time. Um, to get a hit that first at bat, it was it was really special. I mean, physically, like, I felt like I was floating. It was, like, not, like, uh, you know, the normal feeling when you're standing in the box. I was just really, like, excited. And, um, you know, the the fact that I was able to remain calm enough to, you know, get a good pitch and put the barrel on the ball. Um, I felt very fortunate and and then being at first base with Miguel Cabrera, who's just one of the coolest veterans in baseball and, you know, him recognizing that this was my debut and, and, uh, having a little fun with me at first, it was, um, that was really cool. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, hitting my first home run, um, it was sort of a long time coming. I mean, to be honest with you, um, after I had the injury in 2016, um, 2018 was my first season back and, and it was a struggle, man. I, I, uh, you know, physically still wasn't feeling quite the same and I was sort of readjusting to this, you know, new normal. And, um, I struggled a lot that season, especially hitting for power. Um, but 2019, I, I got off to a great start and I, you know, was hitting for some power and um, I got back to the big leagues after being DFA'd in the off season and uh, was really contributing that, that first month. So to hit that home run, it was more of like a sense of belonging in that moment. I felt like, you know, I, I can really make an impact here. And, um, you know, I was, I was, I was feeling dangerous in the box, like for the first time since, really 2016 prior to to having a a bad injury so that was a, a special moment for me too I, I really felt like I had come a long way and um you know obviously the the Astros were a tough team to beat that season so to, right. to hit it in that moment was was pretty cool yeah and then actually touching on injuries because left strained hamstring right a diving play in center field how what were you feeling in that moment? Obviously hurt a lot, but in terms of like the recovery process and returning to baseball, what were your thoughts going through? That? Um, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was tough, man. I, I, you know, I, I actually tore it, which like was Ooh. different than, you know, I had like had had hamstring pulls, which are obviously, um, tough injuries, but this, um, I sort of knew immediately it was going to put me down for a while. Um, and just the timing, I'd say, was unfortunate. You know, um, obviously having an opportunity um, in the big leagues and then, you know, dealing with something like that shortly after is um, just not ideal. But, um, you know, it, it's those are the those are the challenges that that sort of come with the territory. And um, my my biggest asset was speed throughout my career and you know I think starting out of high school I I was always trying to show people how fast I was um 
and you know like the the ways I could change the game and um you know with that uh, I dealt with some injuries like over time I I think uh as years went on I started to get a better idea of like um how to take care of myself um from like a strength and conditioning standpoint for me it was it was never you know, a lack of hard work. It was more about learning the the proper things to do um, that are going to keep me on the field. Um, but yeah, it was, it was challenging timing. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, I, uh, I got there because of my speed and uh, I had to use it to, to get up there. And, um, you know, I was really fortunate to to have some people in my corner that helped me eventually get back despite, you know, that, that big injury, which, which happened, um, when I, when I was with the White Sox and that was probably the toughest one to get over for me, but, you know, to be able to get back meant a lot. And on that play, would, would you have any regrets on how you handled that ball at all? Or would you still played it the same way to this day? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I, I don't think I was, um, I don't think I was probably had a shot at, at catching that ball in my mind. Um, you know, we had had a long inning, we were already down a few runs and, uh, runners on second and third, two outs, you know, what you're thinking as an outfielder in that moment is I need to make a play, you know? And, um, yeah, seeing that ball go up, um, you know, I felt like it's sort of similar to what I was saying with how I was feeling in the box that my first set, right. like, I just, I felt like I could fly, man. I had so much adrenaline, you know, I'm playing in a big league ballpark. You see that third deck and I really, I felt like I could fly and I felt like, you know, I'm going to show my teammates. I'm going to show the fans right now, the kind of, you know, X factor player I am out on defense and, um, you know, unfortunately, I, I, had, I had been dealing with some ailments leading up to that point. It was that, you know, August um, and not that, you know, I wasn't able to play, but did I have that like 110 percent I was going for? Um, you know, it unfortunately turned out I, I didn't have it in the tank. So um, it was it was, yeah, probably a ball that, you know, realistically, I should have been um, running toward the wall and, and getting it into second. And, um, but, you know, I wanted to make a play for my team. Okay. So then after that big injury and then after baseball, um, do you ever think about going back? That's my question, actually, before I start. Going back and playing again? Yeah, in the majors, yeah. Would you consider it as an opportunity or are you? do you think you're done for now? You know, I would love to play in the majors again. And, um, you know, the thing is, it's – it's it's hard, you know, it's hard to to get those opportunities to get back into affiliated baseball. I um you know, in 2020 I got released for the first time um like after a month of the covid shutdown when you know a lot of guys were getting released. I think I got released by the Pirates on the same day as 20 other players um which was unfortunate, you know. I think um baseball was changing a lot and um you know the organizations were shrinking to try to um save some money during that that shutdown so um that 
that was a tough blow. It, it, that ended my career, um, at least temporarily, a lot sooner than than I would have liked. Um, and uh, you know, I spent the summer working out and uh, wasn't able to get signed. I took a coaching job at Northwestern as the assistant, right. and um, yeah, I just had the itch to to keep playing and uh, couldn't get a job in affiliated ball, but I went to Mexico um, mm. and I played in Monclova with some great players. Actually, I got to play with Eric Ibar, um, Bartolo Colon, Addison nice. Russell was on our team. Um, yeah, one of my former teammates, Alex Mejia, who I always really admired. So that was that was a great opportunity and, um, you know, got me back in it. I, I, you know, ended up getting signed by the Phillies, spent the year in AAA with like, uh, Matt Veerling and Mickey Moniak and Alec Bohm, um, some guys who are really doing great things now. And, um, it was a great year, man. I, I, you know, was hitting at the top of the lineup most of the year. I felt like I, I put up pretty good numbers. Um, unfortunately, uh, did not get get re-signed by them the, the next season and and struggled to get picked up by an affiliated team. So I played with the Chicago Dogs uh, for Butch Hobson the next season, which was awesome. But, um, you know, ultimately, I, I didn't play this past season. I, you know, my wife and I had our first kid. And, um, Congratulations. I appreciate that. Yeah. He's made the transition, you know, from baseball, which can be tough. Uh, he's made it much better, but I miss it, man, for sure. I miss playing. I would love to still be playing. Um, but the truth is, you know, it's challenging. I think, um, you know, if, if you really look at independent ball, um, it's, it's a grind, not just physically, but financially. I don't, I don't think players are quite compensated the way they, they should be. I'm, I'm happy to, you know, say that. Um, and that, that was sort of the difference for me. I had a kid and, and, um, you know, I wanted to be able to spend time at home and it's just hard to, uh, to leave the family, um, and sort of have to pay to play. And then you also talked about like baseball changing and everything like that. So, but, Baseball is always changing. We've seen a lot of rule changes over the past few years. How? What is your opinion on like the changes that have been made, like in terms of the pitch clock? Runner on second was added a few years ago, a few years back than most recent rule changes. But how do you feel about like those rules in particular? You know, I I was sort of iffy on the pitch clock at first. Um, right. but I had the I'm, same I'm, opinion I'm, actually. But yeah, know. I've come to enjoy it though. You know, I think. Um, it's it's challenging for both the hitter and the pitcher, um, but it does you know add another element to the game that I think is just it's it's not a huge adjustment. Um, you know I think like at most you could just say that that players might have to you know get in a little bit better shape and uh, hitters. I think it's sort of more of a mental adjustment having to process the at-bat a little bit quicker than you're accustomed to um but for fans I think it's huge you know I, I think like baseball to really appreciate the game you got to watch it start to finish you know you really have to understand like 
how you know a pitcher and, and his performance whether it's four innings or six innings like how that affects the bullpen which you know bullpen guys play each role you know um the third time through the order how at bats you know tend to get you know better and better offensively i think like all those little intricacies are really what what makes the game beautiful and and um you know, like when I think back to the juice balls, like it did, you know, add an element of fun um, in the playoffs, like the Dodgers series, uh, the Astros Dodgers series was incredible. Yeah. It was like wild three run lead was nothing, you know, and um, but I just don't think that that is really what's going to attract people to the game. Like obviously home runs are fun to watch, but it's the nuances of baseball that make it so beautiful. It's, it's like, you know, the fact that you can constantly understand more and more and more if you're, if you're really trying to. Um, so I think to have that, you know, shorter time frame is going to, you know, be, be much better for, for fans. And I think it's going to bring in new fans. Um, the, the, the bigger bases I like a lot. Yeah. It's just safer. Um, for for players keeps them on the field um you know the stolen base thing i wish i was around for it <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll that. um but i like it you know i think it adds some excitement um you know it, it forces uh pitchers to you know kind of pitchers and catchers like i was thinking about it watching ronald acuna like you know especially Crazy season they, this year with yeah bases, yeah yeah and if they try to you know, disengage twice. And then it like, it forces the pitcher and the catcher to ask themselves, like, do we pitch out? Is it worth it? You know, there's still a lot of, you know, kind of gambling in their, in, in, in our heads taking place as players of like, what's the right decision. Um, and um, I like that. I, I think it's, it's just making, you know, it's a little different, but it's, it's adding excitement. I really don't want them to get rid of umpires, you know, like yeah. I, I, I think that's just too far. I, there's already technologies already playing, you know, a huge role in the game. And I think, uh, you know, the human, the human element is beautiful and the umpires are yep. unbelievable. I mean, there's bad calls for sure, but on the whole, I mean, as I progressed through the minor leagues, I really, you know, came to appreciate, you know, the interactions, but also just the, the skill. It's not easy. And, and those guys are, are really pretty talented. And then moving on from baseball here, just a little bit, I saw one recent interview that you did uh, with WGN, where you talked about going back to school, majoring in psychology, right. Um, and taking advantage of the CSP money, which people that don't know, CSP money is the college scholarship plan that that MLB offers to baseball players when they leave baseball itself. And my question is, uh, why did you, why did you take them? Why did you recommend for people to take the money uh, in that last interview? Like, what did it do for you? And what do you plan to do with your major while you're at the ball? Yeah, those are great questions. Um, yeah, the biggest reason I recommended it is because you know I like having been out of school for 10 years and you know I think like most guys who end up playing professional baseball 
um, they're distracted as students. They're trying to, you know, perfect the skill and um, it takes them away from uh, school a lot. That's, that's what it was for me. And, um, you know, the number of guys who uh, pass up this full ride to college is pretty alarming. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, for me, like, it's just, uh, unfortunate to see as, as a player, um, you know, I, I learned a lot about what I was capable of once I got into schools, um, you know, teachers at the college level, I think they, you know, appreciate someone who's, um, worked a career and is going back and, you know, they, they sort of understood that it was a little challenging for me at first and they helped me through that. And, um, I just think, uh, yeah, it, we're, we're offered that money, um, for a reason. It's, it's part of, you know, our compensation as players. And I just, um, I think everyone should take advantage of it. For me, I, I wasn't going to, but I'm so happy I did. And um, the whole experience of being in school has has really opened my eyes and, and made me realize, um, you know, I'm capable of doing things outside of just being an athlete. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd recommend it to, uh, to any player who's interested. Um, as far as what I'm looking to do, um, still like, you know, dipping my foot in some different areas, but I am open to coaching. Um, you know, I, I want to get my degree first, just so I, you know, I'm, I'm able to do it at, at various different, uh, levels. Um, I, uh, I'm thinking about switching my master's into, or, or my undergrad, into a program that's uh, combined sociology with a, a master's of social work. I I want to be able to, um, you know, work with players, um, not only with things on the field, uh, like from a coaching perspective, but also be able to help them, um, you know, navigate some of the challenges that come with uh, being away from family um, and, you know, embarking on a a journey that's really hard and um you know there's a lot of obstacles along the way that you know I certainly confronted and and you know I just like to use that experience to help out other guys so you do have a little bit of a plan with using it to return back to baseball at least that's what you think I definitely yeah I would like to use my experience in baseball um you know it meant a lot to me it was a big part of my life and I feel like I can make a difference, you know, with the experiences I've had. So I'd love to use that in a, in a positive way to, to help other players who are, you know, going through the same journey. It'd be really cool to see, see you back major league coaching someday. I would be really cool to see that. And then one last thing to see or to ask here is any funny locker room stories you have? Just my last question. Um, That's a good, that's a good question. Um, you know, uh, I'll tell you a story. My, my first game, um, I don't know how funny it is, but well, there's, there's a funny aspect to, um, I was getting ready for the game, uh, in Detroit, uh, before my big league debut. And 
I was very nervous. You know, I obviously like returning um, to play for my hometown team. I was hearing from so many people I grew up with and, you know, also trying to, you know, make an impression to your new teammates. For me, it wasn't like I was just going up to the big leagues in the same organization I'd been in where people knew me. I was really in a brand new place. And, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to, uh, to make a positive impression and, and really demonstrate, you know, like that, that I could be an impact player. Um, and I was, you know, putting my socks on and, and getting ready. It was like about, you know, 25 minutes before the first pitch and Tyler Saladino looked at me and he said, dude, just wait till you get to first base. Miguel Cabrera's, you know, the coolest guy in the league. And I was like, man, I'm just trying to get there, bro. Like, I'm just thinking about how I can get on first base, you know? And he's like, dude, you work so hard, man. You know, you've arrived in the big leagues. Like now is not the time to stop believing in yourself. You know, you're going to get there, man. And it's going to be amazing. And it was just like the perfect message at the perfect time. You know, like he was exactly right. I, you know, like I said, I dreamed of this since I was a little kid and I worked so hard to get there. And when you when you reach, um, you know, the culmination of a lot of hard work, I think the most important thing is to, you know, believe that you're there for a reason and just be able to put your best foot forward. And and he really allowed me to do that. And um very grateful for it because that moment on first base was awesome. You know, he tossed me the ball. He like put me in a headlock, tried to nudge me off the base. <laughs> I mean, that's like triple crown winner, future hall of famer, you know, watching him this weekend playing his last games, just to, to know that I got to interact with him on the field. It's, it's really special for me. Um, so that was, you know, one of my favorite moments with um, someone who became, you know, one of my favorite teammates, um, Tyler Saladino. Um, and then after, you know, your, your first hit, your first RBI, really for me, it was my first RBI since my, my first game sort of had an unfortunate finish, um, with my injury, but my first RBI, when I got back up after, you know, grinding for a year, trying to get healthy, I, uh, got back to my locker. We had, Won, won a big game against Milwaukee, um, who was really, really good that year. I think that was Christian Yellick's MVP season. And, uh, you know, I was just like taking off my hat and getting ready to sit down. And like a shopping cart pulled up behind me and I was pushed in and uh, taken through like a shower of ketchup, protein shakes, soda, um, everything you could possibly imagine baby powder I think was mixed in there and um you know it's just like it was so cool man like you're in the big leagues but really um you know you're playing a kid's game and we're celebrating like kids and and that was like just a, a really cool moment I, I felt like it had been a long time coming for me getting over that injury and you know I, I had great teammates who who really made that moment special for me. And 
I remember getting out of that cart with my uniform, just sopping and all kinds of stuff, just thinking like, this is incredible. So that was uh, another special moment in the clubhouse for me. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. I'm going to end it off here. Um, I wish you luck in wherever baseball takes you, school, whatever. Um, but thank you so much for your time. For sure, Blake. Thank you so much, man. It was a pleasure. Of course. All right. Have a good one. You too.